You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave a five star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Steve Peters and Craig Morgan. How is everyone doing on this fine post Coyotes win Friday? Yeah, it was nice to cover a win. It was nice to cover an exciting game. We talked about this on the show. That's Everybody uh, sort of had a pep in their step around here. When when Andre Tournier came to talk to us after practice, he literally jumped up onto the the podium. <laughs> he was in he was in a good mood, so it's it's had an effect on everybody around here. It's nice to cover a win once in a while. And it's one in a row. So there you go, <laughs> one, in, one in a mentality, Ooh. just like the Cardinals do. Let's cherish it. Does not get the, easy. Schedule is going to be very difficult <laughs> upcoming, and that's one of the reasons we're we'll be talking. Yeah. To a special yes. guest here coming up yes. because of the, the teams coming in are difficult. They they have some home games coming up, but these are some really tough games coming up. And they're they're playing teams that need to get wins under their belts to solidify a playoff position. This is going to be tough. So so cherish the win. Let it let it sink in for for 24, 48 hours. Enjoy it because this may not last. <laughs> it might be tough sledding from here on out. Well, some Coyotes news that we didn't get to um, with the win last night. Um, some injury ups updates some wire claims so let's go ahead and run through those craig jay beagle might be out for the rest of the season potentially could be had surgery on that lower body injury uh bill armstrong told me that it could be eight weeks it could be the rest of the season so we'll have to see um and that of course is uh a big reason why they claim briley nash off waivers from tampa bay he can play center they'll need face-off men and of course we found out today that Barrett Hayton has a hand injury. So we're waiting for an update on him. You know, that's, that's potential missed time as well. So they're, they're going to need all the help they can get. They've, they're already thin at the center position. So you understand the Riley Nash uh, acquisition. It's really too bad because Beagle had, a, he'd fit into this group so well. He was he a did. good piece of the coyote puzzle as it were. He could play and uh, you know, penalty kill. He could grind out those minutes at the middle of the ice that they've struggled since he's left. Um, Barrett has just started to, you know, he he gets juggled around that lineup and up and down, and he's been able to to play with some of the best players on this team. It's unfortunate um, that you lose those guys. You bring in a Riley Nash. Our fans can expect a guy that's a responsible 200-foot player that can play a lot of different situations and, and eat some minutes. Um, you need an NHL player that can play when, when you're missing yeah. two, two centermen out of your lineup um, for an extended period of time. 
he's not a guy that's going to light it light the lamp very much. I mean, he can make plays um, and he can possess the puck, but he's not going to lead the team in scoring. But he will be able to be responsible defensively. He can be put in all situations without any concern. He's a very experienced pro, prepares the right way in the room. He's going to be a good fit for what this team needs to do in the short term. Mm-hmm. For sure. Go ahead, Craig. A couple other things. Uh, Jacob Chikrin is not ready to end, come back to the line. He's not going to play tomorrow. And Andre Turin, you said today he could be a little longer. Uh, Bill Armstrong had told me earlier that we're talking the second or third week of January for Jacob Chikrin's return. Ryan Dezingle apparently got sick, lost five pounds. Oh, my gosh. So it slowed him a little bit. He won't play tomorrow either against Nashville, but he could play next week. But getting back to Riley Nash, we got a chance to talk to him today. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is his, I think, his fifth NHL team since the start of the 2020-21 season. And, and let's be blunt here, guys. Um, Riley Nash is a potential trade t- deadline chip. <laughs> Uh, Tampa didn't want to lose him. They really liked him in that fourth line center role. He's a type of player that can help you win in the playoffs. So he could be flipped again and onto his sixth team. It's just crazy what this guy's been through. Suitcase. Played in the Northeast, played in the Southeast. Now he's in the Southwest. So maybe he'll go to, you know, Vancouver next. Uh, <laughs> For their playoff the, run, Craig. The four corners. Yeah, it's crazy. But we got a chance to talk to him today. And, and boy, was he introspective and insightful. Yeah, so let's uh, send it over to Craig's interview with Riley Nash and hear what he had to say. Uh, just curious what this, I think since the start of the 2021 season, this is now your fifth NHL club. This has got to be a whirlwind, uh, a little confusing, a little, I don't yeah. know. What are, what are your emotions? Yeah, exactly. That. I, was, I think I was running through it. I got traded last year, uh, April 12th, something, middle of April. And since then, it's been couple months here and there month here month there you know so it's been a little bit crazy um fortunately my family's been really good about it and uh wife is really good about it so um she's allowing me to do this and following me all over the place canada florida and then now out here so um yeah yeah we need to get some air miles um so yeah it's been it's been crazy but um you know you get you get some time to reflect on it, and every every move is another opportunity. And you know, I was talking to I forget who I was talking to the other day, but you kind of when things are good to you, you kind of forget that you start to get a little bit complacent, and, and you forget that this is the NHL, right? And so, um, still appreciate every opportunity I get, and uh, try and make the most of it, and hopefully, um, hopefully help this team just get a little bit better. How do you manage it from a from an emotional standpoint? Just bouncing around it can't be easy yeah it's it's difficult um people around me have been really good um you know the first time I was the first time you're traded is is a little bit weird but you know you're usually getting traded for something or going somewhere and it's it's exciting opportunity you know I was traded to Toronto where we were going into the playoffs so that was um really fun exciting time um great opportunity ahead and then the first time you're kind of put on waivers you start to you feel like almost like damaged goods, you know, and so it's uh, that that one definitely. I I had a tough day, but then, like I said, I kind of snapped out of it and um, realized what an awesome opportunity I have in a new place. Um, you know, trying to prove yourself. You come into this league trying to prove yourself, and now I'm here. I am ten years later trying to prove myself that I can still do it. So um, you just gotta view it as a as an opportunity, as a challenge, and. 
you either rise to it or you don't. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I, I said this to you guys off the air earlier, but when you get a guy that's that's been through those sorts of trials, it, I, I think it just, uh, I think it makes you appreciate things more. I think it makes you more introspective, like I said, uh, you know, more insightful. You go through uh, tough times in life and uh, it hardens you a little bit, but it makes you appreciate things a little more. And that really, all of that came out in that interview with Riley Nash. And you know, he's an experienced NHLer and, and the, that's, you know, he, he understands what's going on here in Arizona. He gets, he gets the path. He understands this isn't a big playoff push right now. He gets where he fits in. And I think that, that understanding and that kind of player is what we've, you know, had uh, several of those kind of guys on the team this season. And I think he's going to fit in really well on this team. Definitely. Well, we will get the chance to see him in the lineup tomorrow night against Nashville. And Petey had said it earlier, there's a lot of tough games coming up here for the Coyotes, a lot of them within the division. And coming in tomorrow night is the Nashville Predators who blink and you might have missed. They're in first place in the Central Division right now, 8-1-1 one one in their last 10 games. I certainly didn't expect this from this Nashville team, but this is this is the situation that we have coming in. So we were thinking, how did this happen? And we wanted to bring in someone who had a little bit of insight. So we um, brought in, are bringing in Adam Vingen of The Athletic, who covers the Nashville Predators. And he had some great insights. But before we bring in Adam... If you want to bet on this game, or if you're curious what the line is mm. on this game, what do you, who do you think is the favorite team in this matchup? Well, I hope you looked this up, Leah. Did you look it up, Leah? Yes. Of course, of course. you did, because you do your homework. That's what you do. You're, you're on your stats. So, so I would the, guess that the Nashville Predators are, are a, a one-and-a-half favorite, and the well, over is going to be five-and-a-half. So the over six. Six. But... It's my it's the over is minus 105. So it's, you know, seems to be bound to happen. But the Coyotes are plus 205 underdogs against the Predators. So if you're feeling risky. (laughs) Do we know the goal yet, Craig? Wow. For the Coyotes? Yeah. yeah, Vemelka is going to start because he's on a hot streak right now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, there you have it. There's your little insider info. So if you want to bet the Coyotes, or bet against the Coyotes, whatever you want. You can do so on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Um, You can bet hockey or pretty much any sport. And this is the last week of the NFL regular season. It's the last week of college football. And this week at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, new customers who sign up using the promo code PHNX and bet just $5 on any football team to win their game can win $200 in free bets if they do. So be sure to check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app this week, and especially as football is wrapping up because football Betting on football is very different than betting on hockey. I think betting on hockey is a little bit more challenging. But as always, that's promo code PHNX this week at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. 21 and over, Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And uh, let's welcome in Adam. We now welcome in Nashville Predators beat writer for The Athletic, Adam Vingen. Adam, welcome to the PHNX Coyotes podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. 
Well, we wanted oh. to bring you in because the Nashville Predators are having, what, at least to the three of us here on the podcast, an unprecedented yeah. season so far. So. Yeah, but Adam, that, that bar is incredibly low as a Coyote fan, by the way. <laughs> I would like to congratulate all Coyotes fans listening on, on no longer being 32nd in points percentage in the NHL. <laughs> it's, a big day here in Arizona. It's, it's a big, it's a big day in Glendale yeah. parade runs and a horrible day in Montreal. It helps that the Montreal Canadians simply are not trying, <laughs> but, yeah. but are they not the, trying like the coyotes weren't trying? Well, I mean, the coyotes stripped it trying? down so it didn't matter whether they tried. They, yeah. The coyotes weren't in the Stanley cup final a few months right. ago. So <laughs> Crazy, crazy. I think Arpin called them out, didn't he, the other day? So, I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. We have we have 50 games to go, so there's a lot of time for things to change. But let's get to the Nashville Predators, Adam, because as I, you know, I sent you some of these questions, but how did a team that so many people, including the GM, thought would take a step back or miss the playoffs, how are they in first place in the Central Division? How did we get here? Oh, well, th- there are a lot of factors at play. Um, of course, anytime a team is exceeding expectations, the first place you want to look is in goal. And, and UC Soros has been outstanding now for, I guess, a season and a half, or I guess it would be one full season if you include half of last season and, and the first part of this season. I did the math today. Um, I started with his first start of the second half of last season when the Predators uh, went 27 and one to go from near the bottom of the league into the playoffs. Um, so from that point until yesterday, uh, when he was in goal for a win against the Los Angeles Kings, he has started 51 games in those 51 games. He has 34 wins, a, a cumulative goals against average of 2.07, a 934 safe percentage, a 942 even strength safe percentage. And he has saved 42 plus goals, excuse me, 40 hyphen plus no that's not right either 42 yeah 42 goals saved above average sorry about that um which is which is also it's a mouthful uh but the point being that uc soros has been absolutely outstanding um and has certainly uh stolen uh more than a few games for the predators including against the kings um when he saved i believe 45 shots maybe 46 but it, it, it was up there uh, so that 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 is obviously a, a big part of it. The the second part of it is um, the the top players on the team, the highest paid forwards specifically, um, who have not been pulling their weight in recent years, are all having great seasons. Matthew Shane and Ryan Johansson have already surpassed their point and goal totals from last season. Uh, Philip Forsberg. Um, is playing incredibly well in a contract year, of course. There's that caveat, but he's playing very well. Uh, Mikhail Granlund continues uh, to play well. Um, they are getting uh, contributions from younger players, namely Tanner Janot and uh, Yakov Trenin, as well as Al- at, at forward, as well as Alex Carrier on defense. Um, so last season... Um, it was a lot of those quote unquote unsung players um, like Janot and Trennan and Carrier and others who were leading the charge in the second half. Um, but the top players are are living up to their salaries uh, for the first time in a couple of years. And also 
Um, you have to consider, you know, what the predators have experienced over the past two years. It was two years ago today, January 7th, 2020, that the predators hired John Hines as their coach and think about everything that has happened in our world since that time. Um, in his first calendar year on the job, he coached 32 games. He coached 28 regular season games. Then there was the pause. Then the four games against the Coyotes in the bubble. That was it. He, he did not oversee his first full training camp until the start of this season. So a year and a half into the job. And I think it took that long for him to get complete buy-in um, from the entire team, namely the top players. I think that is why you are seeing Ryan Johansson, Matthew Shane, and Philip Forsberg playing the way they are. Um, perhaps their relationship with John got off to, let's say, a rocky start um, when he was trying to uh, rid the Predators of what he believed was a sense of entitlement uh, when he took over. Uh, but clearly, um, it appears that everybody is on board. So when you combine all of those factors, you have a team that, as you mentioned, Craig, even David Poyle, the GM, said during the offseason that he anticipated this team to take a step back this season, and yet they are um, in first place in the Central Division. So uh, there's a lot there's a lot happening that's leading to this. Um, yeah. But no one, no, if anyone would have told you uh, that this team would be in first place as we speak today, you know, we all would have, you know, we all would have been lying. I, I, I picked this team to miss the playoffs, which they have not done since 2014. So clearly I'm going to have some egg on my face because unless this team completely uh, craters, they, they should make the playoffs for, I guess, the eighth consecutive season. If I just want to make this one point because a lot of times Predators fans make this point. Whenever I mention their postseason streak, the NHL considers anyone who played in the return to play bubble to have qualified for the postseason. So even though the Predators did not technically make the playoffs, quote unquote, because they lost to the Coyotes, the NHL recognizes that as a postseason appearance. So I just I go by what the league says, uh, though some people don't agree with me on that. Let's pick apart some of the pieces you mentioned. And I know Petey and uh Leah, we'll have some questions for you as well. But I want to start with your Philip Forsberg mea culpa and one of the best leads I've ever read. So I'm going to read it. Is that okay, Adam? Sure, go right ahead. (laughs) Since November 26, Philip Forsberg has 11 goals and 18 points in 15 games. That is not an arbitrary date. That morning, The Athletic published a column with the headline, Why the Predators Should Not Resign Philip Forsberg. Clearly, the author was a complete moron. It was me. I was the moron. So, first of all, thank you for that lead. Secondly, what's going on with Philip Forsberg? What has what has sparked this renaissance? Well, you know, as I said, you always have to be wary of the the contract year bump. And look, I know there have been studies in other sports about whether that exists or not. But you know, we would all be lying to ourselves if we did not say we were motivated by the potential of a big payday. Even those of us in our in our normal lives. Um, so certainly. You know, you have to keep that in mind. Um, you know, when I, you know, what I, it was an interesting uh, discussion um, among Predators fans after I published that article. And what's interesting is when I published the original column around Thanksgiving, I was actually surprised by the number of people that agreed with me. And when I decide, when I, you know, when I decided to, I guess, you know, change my mind, I guess you could say, um, 
it has to do sort of what I was just talking about, laying out why the Predators are better than expected. Now, not to say that it, you know Philip Forsberg hasn't been playing great because he has, and I think the reason why he's been playing so well is because one of the things that John Hines um, emphasized with Philip when he took over was he wanted Philip to rely less on skill and more on power. Um, not to say he should not, of course, lean on that natural skill, but John wanted him to lean into his power game and let the let the um, skill you know, come out from there, you know, as an example, watch the goal that Phillips scored um, against the Vegas Golden Knights earlier this week, the second one, um, how he bullied his way past or through Alex Petrangelo uh, before scoring a really nice goal at the net. Uh, that's exactly what John Hines is looking for. And I think you've seen Philip really um, lean into that. Also, Last I checked, he was shooting 23%. That's probably gone up uh, since he scored again against the LA Kings. Um, but when you look at the trajectory of the team, you know, Philip was in an advantageous position when the season started because this team was going through a transition. And if he didn't like what he saw, he was only committed to it for a year and he could go to free agency. Um, but the team appears to be on an accelerated path back to contention for all of the reasons I previously laid out. And the other thing that's really interesting about the Predators is that they're flush with cap space. Yeah. Um, they, they, they're projected to have close to, I think around, I don't have the exact number, $27 million in cap space in the off season. You know, you know, it, it, it helped to trade Ryan Ellis uh, for basically peanuts. Um, they got Philip Myers, who's on a cheap deal and Cody Glass, who's on an entry level contract. Um, and then they gave um, basic. They well, they gave Matthias Ekholm uh, the money that they had previously been spending on Ryan Ellis. Um, but they're flush with cap space, um, and so that reduces the risk of signing Philip Forsberg to you know a, a, an expensive contract. Sure. Um, but you know. Matt Duchesne also had a career year right before he signed with the Predators, and it took him two years to to finally look like the Matt Duchesne that everybody saw when he was clearly motivated by, you know, getting a big payday. Um, so, yeah, there's certainly, you know, you, you have to be trepidatious about, you know, going all in on a, on a player in a contract year. I just think when you consider the way he's playing, the fact that he, he seems to have uh, bought into what John Hines is selling – and the team has the, has more than enough space to accommodate him. I, I think it makes a lot more sense than I originally thought to resign him. Um, okay. So that that's sort of where I came from versus saying, "Well, he's playing well, and I was stupid." Um, but <laughs> you know, I, I I did like to, I do like to poke fun at myself as as you read. All right, I'll let Petey and uh, Leah jump in here. So, like we had said before, I have to admit I didn't expect to see Nashville at the top of the central division on January 7th. Um, but that's where we are. And tomorrow night, the predators are in Arizona to take on the coyotes who are last in the central. So, you know, I know coyotes fans are familiar with um, Yossi and Duchesne and Forsberg and players like that, but are there any players on this predators team that coyotes fans should maybe keep their eye on um, who are, up and coming, maybe just names that Coyotes fans wouldn't necessarily know that they should pay attention to. 
Sure. Um, you know, the, the one player that I've been incredibly impressed with, um, not just this season, but last season too, when he finally became a, a regular in the lineup is Tanner Janot. And, and Tanner Janot is a great story. Um, he was an undraft. He not only was he undrafted in the NHL, he was also undrafted in the WHL too, um, and turned himself into a 40 goal scorer with the Moose Jaw Warriors, um, earning himself um, the entry level contract with the Predators. And he 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 came out of nowhere. Um, you know, when when Tanner was first called up, I I, had, I really knew nothing about Tanner. When they signed him to an entry level deal, I just kind of ignored the press release. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Um, but he even played games in the ECHL last season, if I'm not mistaken, um, before uh, working his way up to the AHL and then the NHL. You know, I, I would consider Tanner. Uh, I guess you could say a dark horse Calder Trophy hopeful. Um, he, he, you know, he's, he, he's tied with Lucas Raymond in rookie goals with 10. Um, but unlike Raymond and, and, uh, Trevor Zegras, for example, you know, he's not used in offensive situations. He doesn't get a lot of, he doesn't really get any power play time. He starts the majority of his shifts in the defensive zone yet. He, he finds ways to score other, you know, score anyway. He's incredibly physical. Um, I, you know, people continue to challenge him to fights and it's, it, I don't understand why they keep doing it because he kicks the crap out of all of them, basically. Um, you know, his line with Colton Sissons and Yakov Trenin has been together, you know, for, you know, for a long time and, and they, and they're the identity line. Um, you know, it, w- it will not be a surprise if they start the game against the Coyotes because they start pretty much every game for the Predators, you know on purpose because John Hines wants that believes that that line, you know, typifies what he wants his team to play like, and he wants them to start out that way. So he always puts them on the ice to start. Um, so, you know, and Yakov Trenin is another, you know, a, a simple, you know, he, you know, he spent a lot of time in the American league. You know, I was wondering if he would ever crack the NHL lineup, um, but he's been really good too. plays very similar style of game as Tanner, very physical, but also sk- offensively skilled. Yeah. So, um, you know, if I'm watching the game tomorrow and I'm, I'm looking for, if I'm a Coyotes fan, that is, and I'm looking for, uh, other players to keep an eye on other than the the top players, those are the two, um, specifically Tanner's, you know, and Adam, you look at the standings in the central division right now, you get the predators, the blues and the abs <clears throat> between those three teams and their last 10 games, Nashville's lost one in regulation, St. Louis two, and Colorado won in regulation. So these are th- the three hottest teams in the league, barring the Vancouver Canuck-led Bruce Boudreau club. Can the Predators have playoff success in this division with the Blues and the Avs playing as well as they are playing right now? Yeah, that that's really, you know, that's that's the question because certainly when you when you look at the way that the, the when you look at the Predators, you know, they're playing they're playing the style of game that sort of typified their early existence um, where, you know, they're, they're scoring enough to win and they're, and they're putting all of their faith in their goaltender uh, similar to, you know, the days of Pecorine. Um, so, you know, the, the, the one thing that the predators have always lacked um, is, is, are those high end forwards who can take over a game. Now, Philip Forsberg has shown that in in flat you know in flashes, you know Matt Duchesne has done so as well, and and Ryan Johansson, but they don't have a Nathan McKinnon or they you know they don't have a Vladimir Tarasenko, um, players who have proven to be able to do that on a consistent basis. 
you know, Roman Yossi, you know, is the, is the player I think that can do that most consistently, but very, very rarely do teams that have defensemen in that role succeed the way that teams that have forwards in that role. Um, So that to me, that's the one thing that would hold them back. Um, You know, look, it's great that all of those forwards are playing really well right now. And if they can keep this up, um, I, you know, I think they'll be an incredibly tough out and perhaps could pull off an upset or two in the playoffs. Um, But, you know, the question that Predators fans have, when you think about their series in the postseason last year against the Carolina Hurricanes, you know, they were incredibly tight games. I think four of the six games went to overtime, if I recall correctly. But the Predators don't have a Sebastian Ajo or an Andre Svechnikov or Jordan Stahl or Vincent Trocek. They don't have, you know, they don't have those top end, you know, tier one type forwards. And that would be the one thing I think that would hold them back from ultimately getting far in the postseason if there is a if there is a weakness. Last thing we want to ask you, Adam, because you've already touched on UC Soros and, and John Hines as well. Um, Roman Yossi, you mentioned him earlier. Um, I'm curious if if you see him taking yet another step up in in his uh, progression as a pro and uh, how you handicap the Norris race early, because it's a it's a really good race, actually, this season. Yeah, it really is. And, and Roman Yossi had a, a down season by his standards last year when he was the, the reigning Norris Trophy winner. But a down season for Roman Yossi is a dream season for a lot of defensemen. Um, but he, he is playing the way uh, that I saw him playing uh, two seasons ago when he won the Norris Trophy. He's got 32 points in 33 games. He's doing all of the things that Roman Yossi does in terms of you know, being elite in transition, um, shooting the puck with a plum, you know, generating grade A scoring chances for himself and others. It, it is a, a really interesting Norris race. You know, the uh, the year that he won, it basically came down for a lot of people to him and John Carlson. Um, but you know, this year you can you you have Adam Fox who won it last season, Victor Hedman who's always there. Carlson's up there in points again. Aaron Ekblad, who was having a really good season last year until he got injured, is playing well. Kale McCarr, of course. You know, it, it is a really good race. Uh, and I think Roman, you know, could easily play himself back into the finalist conversation. Um, so, you know, it is, you know when, you, when you have a player who's already accomplished what he has accomplished, you always wonder if there is room to grow. You know, the, the thing, you know at the beginning of the season, I compared Roman Yossi to... Uh, LeBron James, the season that the Cleveland Cavaliers went to the NBA finals against the San Antonio Spurs, Uh, that, you know, Roman is an elite player like LeBron clearly was at that young age, that Cleveland Cavaliers team had no business being in the NBA finals. When you consider the the team on the other side, Um, it also made me think who the predators version of Zydrunas Algauskas was, but I couldn't come up with it. Um, Or our Anderson Vergeau. Um, but, you know, the point being that Roman was probably good enough to drag a lot more out of his teammates than the average player. He hasn't had to do that this season because, you know, his fellow his fellow top players are, are pulling their weight, as I said. Um, but it's been such a pleasure to watch Roman. Um, you know, I've been, you know, I've been watching him now for close to seven years and, it, you know, he, he keeps on getting better and, you know, it's unfortunate that the Olympics, uh, the Olympics won't be happening for NHL players because Roman was one of the first three players named to the Swiss team. And I imagine that he would have had a really great tournament. So, um, 
you know, the Predators, as we have known throughout their history, have been blessed with excellent defensemen, um, and Roman is no different. Adam, thank you so much for the insights. We really appreciate you joining the show today. Yes, uh, I, I'm, I'm sad I won't be able to to make the game uh, tomorrow. I always love an early January trip to the to the Westgate <laughs> Entertainment Complex. <laughs> I've seen plenty of good movies at that AMC. Like that was my that was like that's you know I I'm, I was one of those people when I was traveling more regularly before the pandemic. I, I'd like to see movies like when I didn't have time when I was off on the road and you know it helps to have a movie theater within walking distance of the hotel (laughs) no doubt no doubt the setup here is the best (laughs) it it is uh, you know i missed a little teeny tiny skating rink that they have you know (laughs) over there and we were actually joking about that potentially being their interim solution (laughs) i I do have the i i know that i'm sure you guys got you know, tired of trying to track down tax documents, but the idea of them being locked out of their own arena was sort of hilarious to me. I don't know if you remember this from like free agency from like 10 years ago. It may have been more more recently than 10 years ago, but I think TSN was like stationed outside like the CAA offices or something. Um, I can't remember who they would have been negotiating with. Maybe it was Steven Stamkos. I don't know. Um, (laughs) But they, they had like the TSN camera was there and they were following his agents as they are, or, or the GM, or I don't know who they were following into the building. And they were going to get that dramatic shot of the, the people walking into the building, but the door was locked. So the camera's, just like, <laughs> the camera's there while they're just like pulling on the door and it won't open. It's very awkward. So that's what I just imagined. The kind of <laughs> uh, it's never dull around here. Certainly isn't. Thank you so All much, right. Adam. All we right, appreciate guys, it. You. Of course. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks, Adam, again, for joining us. Great insights from Adam Vingan, the Nashville Predators beat writer for The Athletic. Um, It's funny, guys. The Nashville Predators factor prominently in Coyotes history in a number of ways. Um, The very first game played at Gila River Arena was against the Nashville Predators. The very last game right now on the schedule is against the Nashville Predators. And, of course, a couple of playoff series wins have come against the Nashville Predators. Two of the three in Coyotes history have come against the Nashville, against Predators. Nashville Predators. Yeah, it's crazy, huh? That, that is crazy, especially the Gila River Arena thing. That's bizarre. Yeah, that's interesting because that, was, that wasn't at the start of the season. That wasn't October. That was in December when they started December that. December 27th, yeah. Yeah, so it was unusual to, to start a new building in the middle of the season. But, yeah, the Predators um, – Interesting that the the suspensions in Scottsdale, that Scottsdale nightlife <laughs> lured some players away, thank goodness, back in 2012. And um, <laughs> there's some good memories against the Predators in the playoffs. So Yes, right, there are. Yeah, it's been a good matchup for the Coyotes, and maybe they can they can take that success into tomorrow night's game and look for two in a row. Hmm. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Not too often. Not buying it. Thanks. <laughs> well, until that game... Um, if you want to get caught up on your Coyotes reading, Craig, what do you have right now on GoPHNX.com? Well, I've got a like really long neutral zone, which is, of course, my notes column, but uh, it has a lot of items in it. And um, it's got something more on the Jacob Chikrin trade rumors. Uh, there's always an update for that. Um, a little bit on that game. Yeah, it was just fun seeing Johan Larson get his first career hat trick after having no goals in a season. I've got something on Scott Wedgwood's new mask. I've got something on Riley Nash. Um, uh, uh, 
my own humble opinion of what uh, the Coyotes should do to honor Matt Schott. So uh, a lot of items in there. And then, of course, as I think I mentioned to you guys earlier, I've got another arena story coming Sunday because we we can't get enough arena stories in this town, can we? <laughs> well, you can access all of those stories and more at gophnx.com by becoming a member. So make sure you sign up today. You can get your first month just 50 cents. You can do a year um, for just under $60 and you get a shirt when you do. So check that out because you don't want to miss all the great coverage. And Craig, before we wrap up here, I do want to just touch on one part of that story, which is the all-star game. And I think that, you know, looking at this stacked central division, Mm. every team has to have a representative, but if that wasn't the case would the coyotes (laughs) send anyone at all, and it's probably pretty unlikely the coyotes would send more than one person. So who do you all think should represent the coyotes at the all-star game? Yeah, there are three guys on the ballot. Uh, It's it's Shane Gostisbehere, Clayton Keller, and Phil Kessel that are on the ballot. You have to have three on the ballot. Um, Listen, I don't, I don't think there's any chance Phil Kessel is an all-star. He uh, he's having a good season with 23 points, but it's not all-star caliber. So to me, it comes down to those other two guys. And you look as much at roster construction as anything else. It's so weird with these, division teams of 11 players for three on three hockey. I went back to 2020, which was the last time we had an all-star game and three of the four divisions chose seven forwards and only two defensemen. So if that's the case, it's going to be really hard for Shane Goss to spare to make this team because you look at the central Roman, yeah, Roman Yossi, Kale McCarr. They've got to be on the team, There's right? Two. So, yeah. yeah. And then you've got other worthy candidates. So if it's just two, it'll be really tough for him if they expand it to as many as three or four, maybe he's got a chance there are other guys like Miro Eichkinen's an unbelievable player. Alice Kowagoski's having a terrific season in Minnesota. Seth Jones, there, there are a number of other players in that mix. On the flip side, Clayton Keller, there, there's a larger number of players that you can choose from, but he's, you know, he's not even in the top 20 in points among Central Division forwards. So tough road for him, too. I, I don't know where they go. I don't know which direction they go with this. I think you can make an argument for both of those guys. Uh, Shane Gossespierre has the highest expected goals on the Coyotes as a defenseman, which is a really impressive stat. Clayton Keller has been a more complete player than I've ever seen in the past, uh, really focusing on all three zones. So I, I think you can make an argument for both guys. But if I had to pick, I'd, t- I'd take Shane Gossespierre. Yeah, and I think either one is going to be exciting in a three-on-three format. They're both high-end skill, great with their hands, can make plays. Um, So either one will be fun to watch, but I agree with you, Craig. This is all going to come down to roster construction. Believe me, they're not taking, hey, who do the Coyotes want to get in there first? No, it's going to go, okay, we're all done, (laughs) and and what do we have? What's left? We we need a defenseman. Okay, it's going to be the ghost. Um, We need a forward. It's going to be Kells. And I agree with you, Greg. They, the, the more deserving of the where their play this year is definitely Gostasbury. From what he's done for this team to this point, and his the way he's elevated his career from where it was a year ago. So, yeah, I'd like to see him go. That'd be great for where he is to rejuvenate his career. But if Keller goes, you know what? He deserves it too. He he's yeah. played above expectations this year, and I was hard on him over the summer. So if he goes, you know, I, I think he's earned it and deserves it. Imagine saying a year ago, Shane Goss to spare Arizona Coyotes NHL All-Star representative. I think yeah. no one would have believed you. But if you want to chime in on this conversation, head over to our Twitter account at PHNX underscore Coyotes. We sent out a tweet with these three players, Kessel, Keller, and Goss to spare and their various stats. So we want you to chime in on who you think should represent the Coyotes at the NHL All-Star Game. So be sure to head over to Twitter 
at phnx underscore coyotes and uh, reply tag your friends have them reply let's get let's get a hearty twitter debate going because and if you have someone else that's not listed i know those are the three on the ballot but someone else you feel is deserving open to hearing that too so head over to twitter to do so anything else guys before we wrap it up here we we need to get it we get to our weekend now I, w- I want a weekend so let's wrap it up okay well <laughs> Peter, do you have your beer out already no i already lost How is this by the Sorry, way you guys back. are at home again and i'm at the arena <laughs> nobody nobody right? but we all work, work, but work. nobody even knows because they're just listening well, they and know now. <laughs> now they know well speaking of which um if you haven't subscribed left us a review and liked our podcast wherever you get your podcasts please do so it's super helpful and head over to the phnx sports youtube channel and subscribe so you never miss a post-game show we will be back tomorrow night after the coyotes predators game with all of our reactions and breakdowns and debates and more so join us then tomorrow over on the youtube channel until then have a great friday everyone and we'll see you tomorrow night